Okay, hello, welcome back to my YouTube channel. I know that it has been four months approximately since I last posted, which is really embarrassing for me, but I feel like I have a good excuse. In the last four months, I've been working on these two books. This one is called Bad Timing. It was a number one bestseller on Amazon for a week when it came out. It basically chronicles my dating life from the age of like, what, 13 till now, the age of 29. So it's like 70% memoir, 30% like lessons I learned from it. It's called Bad Timing, subtitles, bittersweet love stories and what I learned from them. So check it out. The other one is kind of more for fun for me. It was a collection of fictional short stories called If You Could Haunt Your House Forever, a collection of odd stories. So they're not all scary. They're just all kind of weird and different. Many twists and turns, not exactly what you expect, where you expect it to be going. There's 29 short stories in here. So check them both out if you're interested in reading books. They're both over 300 pages long. So there's plenty for you to get through in the... So today I wanted to talk about something that has been on my mind a lot. How do you be open-minded or what does it mean to be open-minded and why is that such an important thing to be? First define it and then ask why it's important. Even before that, I want to tell a little anecdote about my past couple years in being more open-minded. So when I went to Moody Bible Institute, it's a relatively conservative Bible college in Chicago. Super, super great institution. I'm really glad I went there. But I left Moody with this idea that unless I believe exactly right and all of my doctrines line up and my systematic theology fits into this perfectly defined box, then I would be doing something wrong or living wrong or believing or thinking wrongly. So there's a reason that Christians have this stereotype for being so dogmatic and rigid with their doctrines. And I experienced a lot of those types of people who were like, unless this is exactly how I believe it to be true and how all the church fathers and theologians and everyone believes this to be true, it's wrong. And to believe this wrongly would be a sin or you would be a heretic or so on and so on. I was that person for several years after graduating Moody too. And then beginning seminary, I learned more. But it wasn't until I moved to Guatemala two years ago that I began to expand my understanding of what is real and what is the benefit of having a more open mind as opposed to a closed one. I moved to Guatemala and quickly one of my best friends there was a guy named Jake. And Jake was the best person I've ever met at asking questions with an open mind. It was the coolest thing ever to talk to Jake because he was so curious, so inquisitive, and always had this open mind of, huh, I wonder if this could be the way it is. I wonder if this is true. What do you think about this? And actually, Jake asked me a question once that completely blew my mind and shattered the paradigm I had lived in for a long time and began to help me see a more expansive way of understanding the universe and theology and everything. So one day Jake and I were tossing the frisbee and he just asked me the simple question. He said, what do you think that like Abraham, David, Moses, all these people in the Old Testament, what do they believe about the afterlife? And normally when someone asks me a question like that, I just pause and I think through my, you know, collection of scripture verses I have ready to go like in my mind. And I was like, wait, why can't I think of anything that talks about how they understood the afterlife. And I thought through it and I thought through it and I was like, why can't I think of anything? <laughs> and I began to like drown myself in this question and like try to understand what were they believing about the afterlife? 
And why is there so little mention of an afterlife in the Old Testament? Some when you get to the exiles and the prophets in the later Old Testament, and then a whole lot of emphasis on the afterlife when you get to the New Testament. And this just like bothered me for so long. And I was like, well, this is really confusing. And what does it mean that the Babylonians practiced a religion called Zoroastrianism, which had a big emphasis on the afterlife, and a lot of it might be somewhat reminiscent to what Christians believe about the afterlife. So in other words, when the Jews were in exile in Babylon, did they just kind of inherit a lot of the surrounding religion's beliefs about the afterlife and kind of absorb those into their own religion and then pass those on to the Jews in the first century and eventually Christians by the time Jesus comes onto the scene. And I struggled with this for the longest time because suddenly it seemed like, oh, I was so sure that the Bible was just all about living a good life here, being ready for the afterlife later, whether it's heaven or hell or whatever else could be the case. So with that question, Jake suddenly made me realize that everything I was so sure of was suddenly not so sure anymore and I began to see the Bible, as well as a lot of other things, as something I wasn't sure of, but actually something that was developed over time, changed with the beliefs of the people writing it over thousands of years, which happened to not be very similar at all. If you compare, for instance, the culture in which Moses or Abraham lived with the culture where Jesus or St. Paul lived right? Very different. So with this like renewed like curiosity and kind of necessary open-mindedness about the Bible, I began to say, well, what else have I been wrong? And I began to adopt this mindset of Jake, which just asked questions, not with a preconceived answer in mind. And so that has become my definition of an open-minded person. It's basically somebody who enters into every conversation or question or study with the thinking that I might be wrong about this, I might have my mind changed, and I might learn something new and come away believing something slightly different than I entered in. Now, kind of on the other side of that, recently I was talking to a girl on the internet, and we quickly realized that both of us come from very different backgrounds. While my background is more conservative and Christian in nature, hers was whatever the opposite of that is, very liberal, atheistic, open to all sorts of different things. And basically, somehow the topic of being open-minded came up, and she said, oh, I'm very open-minded, but there are some things that just should not be questioned, like racism, homosexuality, abortion, and she lists off a couple other things, and I was like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> You're just like literally telling me that you're closed-minded when it comes to those certain subjects. Her mind was not open to uh, a discussion or to her possibly being wrong or learning something new, yet she considered herself very open-minded because she was open to sex, homosexuality, abortion, <laughs> things like that. You can't confuse being open-minded with just being permissive of everything. There's a difference between those two things. Saying yes to everything, everything is okay, everything should be allowed and permissible, versus I'm open to every opinion, I'm gonna weigh it fairly and consider it, try to understand where this person's coming from, and admit that maybe I'm wrong about this topic. Maybe my mind should be changed and I should see things this way. Just being permissive and licentious, saying yes to everything is not the same as being open-minded. Because in her mind, Everything in those categories was already set in stone and locked in. So despite the fact that she was very open and said yes to a lot of things, she was very actually closed-minded. And normally conservative people are the ones labeled as closed-minded because 
they typically say no to things. Drugs, alcohol, tattoos, sex outside of marriage, all this stuff. Conservative people are typically the ones called closed-minded, but liberal people on the opposite side of that spectrum can be equally closed-minded. So what's the benefit of being open-minded, maintaining an open mind when it comes to everything? For me, I've become just a lot more gracious and considerate when hearing someone else. So for instance, when I listen to a Trump supporter or a Biden supporter, I'm able to say, okay, I really see where you're coming from. I see why you would support this side. I might not agree with it in the end, but I can fairly consider it, weigh it, without having my own preconceived notions already established in my mind and immovable and locked in stone. Because those types of people are never as enjoyable to talk to. If they already are set in stone and you can never change their mind, then there's no point in talking to them. But if you're humble, and if you say, I could be wrong about this topic, then you have an open mind and you're able to learn new things and you're able to grow and be humble and be teachable. And these are all great things. And in the end, you may end up having a better understanding of how the world and the universe works because you were able to say, I don't know everything about this. Let me look into it. Let me learn more. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my mind will be changed, but maybe it won't. For instance, for me, there are some things that no matter how open I try to make my mind, I will never change my mind about them. Like racism, abortion. Even if I try to change my mind, I try to listen to the other side, I try to listen to other arguments, I'll just never be on the other side of. But I still go into the conversation with an open mind. Let me give you one more example on the topic of abortion. This is a really controversial one, and I have never been able to cross the threshold into saying that abortion should be justified. I can just never bring myself to say, yes, it's okay to kill a little baby when it's inside its mother. But here's where me being open-minded was able to benefit me because I learned that abortion is typically used as a Republican standing point right? Like that's a, a foothold of conservatism. Vote conservative because you'll be voting pro-life. But when I looked at the data and I learned a lot of the facts behind the politicalization of abortion, I learned that the rates of abortion drop more steeply when a Democrat is in office because they are more pro-healthcare, pro-birth control, meaning they supply people who can't afford them with more condoms, contraceptives, uh, birth control pills, those types of things, so that women don't get pregnant accidentally in the first place, so that more abortions then aren't needed to reverse that. Whereas when conservatives are in office, there tends to be less public health care, leading to more unwanted pregnancies, leading to more abortions. So if you enter that with a closed mind and you're just so locked into your party, your way of believing, this person must be pro-life, therefore... I must defend the cause of the unborn child, you would actually be voting for the side that historically has more abortions happening under them. And without an open mind to understand these things, you'll never learn and grow and actually maybe have your mind changed. It's so easy just to get locked into our tribe, our mindset, us versus them. And that is a toxic and dangerous way to live your life. So I encourage you, to live with an open mind, with everything. Maybe your mind will be changed, and if not, you will at least reinforce the things you already believe and believe them even more strongly because you've weighed the other side, you've tried it out, and you've come back to your original belief. 
Being closed-minded never helps anybody. It only leads to arguments and vitriol and more hatred for the other side. But open-minded people don't see people who disagree with them as enemies. They see them as someone I might learn something from. And if not, we can still be friends even though we disagree. So that's my encouragement to you all. I hope this was helpful. I hope that we can have more open minds as we grow and learn together about humanity and history as we make it. And as we march into the future that we'd be more unified and less divided. Thank you guys so much for watching. I am hoping to make more videos in the future and not take as long a break as I just did. But anyway, welcome back to the channel. Thanks for watching and I will talk to you soon.